from Relay FM. This is the Pen Addict, episode 285. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's, Squarespace, and Love Pop. My name is Mike Curley, and I am joined by Mr. Brent Dowdy. Team cake for life, Mike. I just want to throw that out there right now. What is for this? All of <laughs> all of our BYOB podcast listeners. Ah, uh, yes. all, all of our wonderful friends. I was listening to them while I was... Uh, I had finished prepping for our show this morning while they were playing in the background. I love hearing them talk. And uh, it's still continuing in the chat room here. And I put it out there on Twitter this morning. You know, there's always the life you know, affirming question of cake or pie. And I, I'm on team cake. So what are you? I think cake, just because there isn't as much pie uh, in my life. You know what I mean? Like pie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the idea of pie and the way that we're thinking of pie is is definitely more of an American thing. You know, mm. like pies for me are typically savory. Like, when I think of a pie. Sure. You know, we have apple pie and stuff like that. Actually, last night, I had a slice of pumpkin pie. Um, mm. But uh, I, I'm more of a cake person, definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I just wanted to make sure we we were on record. So, I'm mm-hmm. on record as cake. You are you are cake as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> but we should talk about pens. I just wanted to I just wanted to make sure, you know, all of our bases were covered with the, the cake versus pie topic. And uh they do a wonderful job on the BYOB. Great conversation. So you should go listen to them. We'll put a link in the show notes to that fun new podcast from all of our friends. So you've been traveling a little bit. Yep. As you do. Yep. I mean, I think that's your story these days. You're a world traveler, mm-hmm. Mike Hurley. I, I've realized recently that I think that that's become my thing. You know, like, everybody has a thing, like, in a friend's group mm-hmm. or whatever, and I think mm-hmm. my thing is that I travel a bunch. Yeah. Where like, in the world is Mike Hurley? I have two more international trips this year. Are you serious? I thought you were done. No, I'm not done. I'm going to Seattle next week. <laughs> Golly. Um, so, by the way, uh, if you're in and around the Seattle area, I'm going to be at an event called PodCon. Um, get a ticket to PodCon. Come to PodCon. It's going to be amazing. Uh, oh, this is what the poster's for. This is what the poster's for. I'm doing a signing uh, at PodCon. That thing is sweet. Yep. There is a poster that is made, and you can only get it if you come to my signing at PodCon. People, except for a select few, including Brad Dowdy, people don't even know what the poster looks like. Um, it is incredible. <laughs> uh, I'm probably... Will, it's will, incredible. It is. It's amazing. I will probably tweet an image of it after the signing, but come to come to mm. my signing at PodCon. Get a ticket to PodCon. Come to PodCon if you're in and around the Seattle area. Um, it looks like it's going to be a really fun event that I'm very excited to take a part of. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm actually going to be recording with you the day I get home, which I'm mm. very intrigued about. Uh, see how that's going <laughs> to... Fly. Yeah, because we don't we don't have any schedule adjustments mm-hmm. for the rest of the year that I'm aware of. Nope, we do not, except for the fact that we're taking the last week of the year off, which you know about. Sure, we should tell, tell sure, sure, sure. Because then I'm actually going to be spending my first Christmas in Romania, so that's my yeah, second that's and final trip of the year. Then I don't have anything planned until the pen show. Nice. Okay. Cool. Well, we we bring up this this travel topic. Because living in England, as you do, you deal with a lot of American companies, and Mm -hmm. sometimes it behooves you to try to time shipping of goods, in this case pens, to your the window where you're in the U.S. So, what happened recently? Let's let's tell this story. 
because I was I was very much a part of this story during while it was happening. So I mean, this is the thing. I can't. This started years ago. Like Karis Customs used to send me things when I was in San Francisco or whatever, and it seemed always seemed like a good idea. So you know, I've had like Studio Neat send me stuff, just other pen companies, and um, if I'm if I'm getting something new and I'm going to be in the states, just get it sent to the hotel because typically it works really well because there's always somebody in the hotel, right? So they can always accept the package. And then they just hold on to it for you. Sometimes you pay them a small fee or whatever to help, but like it's it works great. And the fee that I pay is going to be way cheaper than the shipping, and also no uh, no customs fees. So I'm mm. very very excited about doing that. Right? It's like brilliant. Right. It's right. And also I get my stuff quicker. So I figured I was going to be in Las Vegas for like a week, and I had I mentioned that I had two purchases on the way. Right? My Sean Newton pen and the uh, fifth anniversary bung box sailor pen right that I, mm-hmm. that I was working i was going to give up for those this was a disaster it ended up being an absolute <laughs> disaster it turns out for a reason that i am i have yet to work out sending to hotels in las vegas seems to be a problem both deliveries got delayed and they both followed the same path they were with usps um, i had a ups delivery as well that worked fine the U.S. Postal Service had serious problems with delivering to this hotel. Um, both deliveries were like out for delivery on the day, then got redirected to some random post box by the airport, like not even the post office. And then they sat there and then it, they said delivered, right? They've been forwarded and delivered. And then the day after that, they just arrived at the hotel, like with no additional tracking information. But with you chasing them for a day yeah. in between, right? I tried to call the post office. That was effectively <laughs> pointless. Um, yeah. So then I kind of just was like, well, we'll see what happens. The, I, I was working with Sean Newton and uh, with the individual that I'm buying the sailor pro gear from. And we were like, I don't really know what to do here. And I'm, and everyone's, everyone's been super nice. Like, oh, we'll refund you. I was like, just look, don't worry about this. Like, we'll work it out together. So the, mm-hmm. the Newton pen just arrived randomly. So I have that, <laughs> which I'll talk about in a moment. But the the, the pro gear, it uh, that one seemed to follow like a bunch of different problems. At one moment, it said that it arrived in Vegas, then went back to Florida and then came back to Vegas again. I'm not mm. sure if it actually did this. Um, but the timing between these events would indicate that maybe it did. I, yeah, it's a, a mystery what happened here. But uh, the with where the story is right now, the uh, pro gear arrived at the hotel. The hotel very kindly have returned it to the sender. Mm. So once they get it, we're going to arrange for it to be sent to me at home. I mean, of course, I'm going to be in Seattle, but I've decided... Mm. Let's not do this. Let's just get it sent <laughs> straight to home. And, and I'll talk yeah. to them and I'll, I'll probably say, like, send it by UPS or FedEx or something and I'll pay extra. Like, let's just do this. I mean, I found out recently it is expensive but reasonable to get something to America overnight via FedEx. I'm always mm. reminded of this every time I do it. Like, this is not Speaking the cheapest which, thing in the world. Yeah, exactly. This is what I'm referring <laughs> to. But, like, I sent Brad a package and it was just there the next day, which is a thing that seems, well, it was attempted to be delivered the next day. um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, you know, it it got to you. And and that always surprises me 
how you can do that for like I mean it's not cheap it's like 50 pounds right like which is not yeah. cheap but that is from in my mind that is a small price to pay for an overnight delivery to Macon Georgia from right. London England right like I feel like that is a I'm always surprised about this right like that mm-hmm. the FedEx can do that like I, it just something about the time seems wrong to me um so yeah, I, I'll probably will will do something like that for the for the uh, bunk box because I I really want that pen, and I want to yeah. make sure that it arrives safely. So we'll see. Yeah, which is why a lot of times we just end up shipping to me in the U.S. I'll package up a few things and send them on to you. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of group group ship them. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing more rage inducing than dealing with the postal service. I mean, we could have an entire podcast of just if we just wanted to be bent out of shape the whole time talking about. Uh, postal service issues i have three of the pin attic retro 51 pins that have been run over by trucks no (laughs) that i've gotten pictures of tire marks on the envelope and a flat pin in the box three of them i mean i know that happened to the lanier like a friend of ours right yeah there's got run over (laughs) but it's a bag so like it survives yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna so I'm gonna send out some. I'm gonna put it, post some of these pictures in like a little collage. I'm I'm just laughing. I need to. You know, see I'm just collect, I'm collecting them all. I'm getting them all sent back to me. I'm gonna take it up to the post office. I probably have no recourse. It'll probably be you know turn my hair more gray than I have any chance of getting you know any compensation for that. But mm-hmm. the pictures are just beautiful. I bet our sent. I mean, they are just straight up flat. It's kind of amazing. So I uh, this probably isn't the right place for this discussion but um <laughs> did you hold one of those for me oh yeah ah phew okay thank you yeah yeah, yeah. they are, are you have you got any left i hope so i hope i held it for you like i'm pretty sure i did okay but are there any left yeah. though are they still available to buy yeah so i ordered 600 this time uh, I did 300 last time. I ordered 600 this time. I think I've sold about half of them, okay. which is just over a week. That's so pretty good. If you so. haven't held one for me, you still can, and I will. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I yeah, will yeah. work that out with you later. But this is one of the most beautiful retro 51s that has ever been made. It is called the Isometric. What I love about this design, so I'll put a link in the show notes so people can go and find it. You didn't just do a Brad Dowdy one again, right? Like mm-hmm. you found mm-hmm. some artwork that you loved by a guy called Michael Jacobs who I met in Chicago. Awesome guy. Love working with him. Yeah. I like saw his design. I was like, it it fit into the idea that I had for a pen yep. and like perfectly. I mean, you did the the pen addict one. It's done now. Right? Like there's mm-hmm. no more pen addict versions, probably. Like the or at least that, that jump. Yeah, out. it's gotta be interesting to me, right? I did the one and it came out wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Love, love, love that pen. I can't do that every year, right? I don't want to yeah, do that exactly. every year. What I mean is like there isn't like um many like just orange ones with the Panatic yeah. logo on that you can just keep yeah. doing. Right. Like I think right. that this is more interesting is that you find some artwork or commission some artwork that you want to be on a pen, right? Like and I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And this is beautiful. And it glows in the dark. I mean, <laughs> come on. I I'll tell you a secret about the glow in the dark picture. So, you know, I, to get a good shot of that, I held it under my light box lamp. Like I stuck the pin up into the lamp. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm going to soak this thing with some, with some light bulb rays. 
and then I'm going to run into the bathroom and shut the door and take a picture. <laughs> so the background of that picture is actually the toilet seat in my bathroom. <laughs> so top secret. <laughs> but it came out awesome. It like totally blows out the picture. It's glowing so hard. Yep. It's perfect. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> you would never know, <laughs> but but that's how you get glow in the dark pictures, folks. <laughs> I love that. So that was fun. It's a. F- I love looking at that pen. I'm super happy with how it came out, and I'm glad Michael um, accepted working with me. So Who yeah, want to it, work it with came you? out perfectly. Who uh, <laughs> You're a wonderful person to work with. Speaking of another podcast, we should start <laughs> maybe that one. <laughs> <laughs> the working with Bradshaw. Uh, yeah, I want to just yeah. say about my Newton pen. I want to just talk yes. about my Sean Newton pen for a moment. I can't take a good picture of this pen. Um, yeah, I'm going to put in the show notes a gallery. Oh, this of is Sean's. That Sean. <laughs> this is Sean's. But even Sean's pictures of this pen do not do this pen justice. Like that's mm. the problem. Uh, I. I'm absolutely in love with this pen. It was completely worth the wait. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if I spoke about this last time. I ordered this pen in January, mm-hmm. um, and it yeah. was. I was really surprised, and 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 was. I really loved the fact that it took him like a day to make it. Yeah, that 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 was the thing that surprised me the most about all of this, right? Like, I ordered it mm-hmm. in January because I assume, you know, like I ordered it so long, and I was like waiting for it, and was just assuming, like, oh, obviously, like it must take him five days to make a pen. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know how long it sure. takes, right? And sure. it was just funny to me that it was just done done in one day, um, which just shows how many pens the guy he makes. sends an email when he starts, right? Yep. He sends you an email, hey, you're up right so Which you know how long really it takes nice that i like that a lot because i was really mm-hmm. excited that day just knowing mm-hmm. that it was being made was a really exciting thing to me and then he sent me like a picture halfway through and then an entire gallery of photos when it's done like i cannot speak highly enough of the professionalism and like just general joy that working with Sean on this has been like mm-hmm. even even in the idea of like you know I had problems with the shipping and he was so attentive like he was responding to my emails like immediately about trying to get this sorted out and I don't believe that he was working this way just because I'm a co-host of the Panatic podcast Oh, right? yeah no way you know like that's how he is I I seriously like his pens are worth the wait like they are worth the the nearly a year that you will wait for them. This thing is is just stunning. Like every time I pick it up, I notice a different color in it. And again, like I know that a lot of that work comes from Jonathan's incredible work putting the blank together, right? The primary manipulation mm-hmm. blank. But just mm-hmm. every part of this pen is perfect. Like the every line, you know, the 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 uh the threading on the the cap is perfect the the nib is wonderful right like everything about this pen it you can tell that it is made by an absolute master of the craft so yeah it's great yeah, there is no like no, no joke 
I love looking at the pictures, like the cross section where you see the ends of the barrel and the oh, end of yeah. the cap and seeing all the swirl in there. That's super cool. That's it's, This looks awesome. Without a shadow of a doubt, my favorite detail is the ends mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. yeah, it just it just has this beautiful look to it. Yeah, I'm really, really happy with it. And I have um, the green Ackerman ink in it. What one is that? 20-something? Oh, the, the, the bright one or the dark the one? The bright one. Oh, Hoff Quartier Glow yeah, 20, yeah. 24, I want to say. Yeah, I think it's 24. And I haven't used that ink very much because I don't really have mm. many pens that it works in. Works so great in this pen because it's primarily oh. green. Yeah, that's a great, great, great match. So, like, this is without a shadow of a doubt, like, a pen that will always come with me to pen shows and stuff. Like, this is a pen to show off. Um, and it sits on my desk in a little cluster of four pens that I just keep on my desk, which includes mm-hmm. my Sky at Night and my two Canalea pens. Like, they all work so nicely together. Oh, that's together, perfect. Right? Because those yeah. four are, like, these beautiful Jonathan Brooks, naturally, blanks, and they're all made so wonderfully, and they've all got these beautiful swirling colors. And, and also, like, they don't... Uh, they're all too big to fit in my Dudek docs. <laughs> they're all too chunky. <laughs> uh, I should probably talk to Dudek about getting something for these. I, I might send him a message. That'd be cool. I would like something and, to put these in because I only have a stand for one of them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So quick correction from the chat room. It's number 28, the ink color. I knew it was going to be corrected. Which is probably my single favorite ink color out of that entire lineup it's awesome and it's perfect for that pen yeah so, it's really good, good job glad glad you got to come home with that one from your trip so one out of the two and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully the other one will be there soon so speaking of sean before we move on it's the last day day and a half or so for a newton pens auction this is the Fountain Pen Day Ryan Krusak pen that they gave to Sean to auction off for Sean's scholarship fund. So we'll have a link in the show notes if you're interested in this. Um, yeah, it's got two days and 45 minutes left. So take a look at this. It's a wonderful pen, a wonderful cause, and it just came out um, beautifully. I was glad to be able to get uh, the original prototype to give away to Penatic members, which I did a few months ago back from San Francisco, and I love this pen. So, yeah, check it out if you are interested. All right, should we take a first break? First break, we got a little bit more follow-up. We got a lot more field notes talk. So we got a lot We got a lot to get through. It's been two weeks since we've talked, so we it always has. have a lot to get to. Yeah, you're peeling back the curtain. It's been I two know, weeks since I know. me and you have spoken. Today's show Shh. is brought to you by our friends at Harry's. You surely know by now that Harry's makes amazing quality products at super reasonable prices. This is why 3 million people have switched to them. And it's the holiday season, which makes Harry's a perfect gift. Harry's is great as a gift because it's practical. You can personalize the handles of engravings, and you can even choose the color of the razor that you give to match the tastes of the special person in your life that you're gifting them to. Harry's even offer custom gift sets to help you find that perfect gift. And these are these are even great for people that have already made the switch to Harry's. You know, give them a refresh. Oh, here's a lovely new color for you, that kind of thing. And for this holiday season, Harry's have custom and limited edition shaving sets that come with German-engineered five-blade cartridges to provide their close, comfortable shave, foaming shave gels that smell absolutely amazing, and they even have a special limited edition 
winter chrome and emerald green handles for their razors that can be engraved and they're all presented in beautiful boxes that are ready to gift, no wrapping required. And their sets start at just $10, making them great stocking stuffers too. Now, Brad, I believe you have one of the holiday sets. I do, and I'm really glad that I didn't think of it before why they didn't do a color match to like their Harry's green color, but now the handles have that, so it's really cool. And the gift set that I have, I think it's called the Winston set. It comes with the fancy chrome mm-hmm. handle. Let me Winston. make a recommendation. Yep. If you're if you're going for the gift set, get a gift set that includes the razor stand. That's like my favorite little piece of what Harry's does. So it's this little small, I think, aluminum cube. That mm-hmm. just sits on my desk and I pop the razor in it when I'm done instead of throwing it in a drawer or me like I have a basket on top of my uh, my sink area where I shave, just toss it in there. I have this little stand that's now, it's like a desk accessory for my sink area. Yep. So I, I kind of like that. It's my favorite little tidbit. That's the Give Deluxe set includes all of that Mm. so they have a couple of sets as i mentioned and one of them the one that brad's talking about the deluxe one it has the little uh little aluminium block that you can just set Mm -hmm. it in which i think you can also have that engraved as well by the way so there's lots of personalization options as well which makes harry's a fantastic gift this holiday give harry's and give handsome get your holiday shopping done early and take advantage of free shipping to get a limited edition holiday shave set while supplies last, go to harrys.com slash penaddict right now. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash penaddict. Our thanks to Harry's for their support of this show. All right, so we had follow-up from our last couple of episodes. This first little bit, I want to talk about the gift guide episode. And I had a huge miss in there, and I'm pretty sure we've mentioned them at least every year since we've been doing the gift guide since they've been around. But um, Beth emailed me and said, "Hey, for kids, how about Curse of Logic?" I'm like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." We always we always put them in the gift guide. It's the perfect time of year to give that as a gift for kids. So we'll have them in the show notes. Total whiff on my part since we kind of did it a little bit uh, differently this year. But I love talking about them i love recommending them my kids love those books um they always ask like to to use them and do them or where's my book because they can't ever keep anything in one place where they know it's at so yeah very good call beth and um that's definitely something you should check out if um if you have um any young kids that you want to uh help learn cursive Mm -hmm. it's very cool the second one, Mike, I have an email that it's pretty long and I didn't put in there, but I thought it was hilarious. So uh, this is from Katie and she was telling us essentially the title of the email is like, you really screwed up the gift guy by not including the Tiffany Sharpie. And I'm like, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> so listen to this story. I want to read this because this is a good story. She says, hi, Brad and Mike. I live in New York City and while walking down Fifth Avenue to the subway this afternoon, I happened to walk by the Tiffany's flagship store. I had some extra time, so I went in search of the Tiffany's permanent marker. Everything was sparkling jewels and showcases until I got to floor four home goods. I found it sitting next to a $375 harmonica. It weighs quite a lot. (laughs) It weighs quite a lot, and the cap screws off to reveal just the point of the marker. The salesman let me take it apart, and inside is a regular old Sharpie. The color looks like a stock color that you can get in one of the Sharpie multi-packs, but this one costs $750 and comes in two colors, Tiffany blue or black. She, she included a bunch of pictures in the email. It says, mixed in with lots of the displays were Tiffany's pencils. 
I found out the only way to get them is if you buy a $275 pencil sharpener. The the sharpener includes three pencils, but they definitely seem like an afterthought. The graphite felt brittle, and the wood was kind of splintery by the tip. But the sharpeners must be selling because they were out of stock, so I couldn't take a picture. Wow. There were other other pens around, only ballpoint, no fountain pens, but it was super busy, so I didn't ask them to take it out of the case. Anyways, I thought you would enjoy the info and the ridiculous Sharpie picture. If you happen to read this on the podcast, please tell my boyfriend, Corey, that I'm sorry our teeny studio apartment is completely full of markers and pens instead of using the limited space for things like dishes and clothes. In our closet, he gets one shelf for all his clothes. I get seven for art supplies. Keep up the good work and happy holidays. (laughs) You're a good man, Corey. Yeah. Good job, Corey. You got to give, <laughs> give up the space for the stationery. That's what you got to do. So I thought that that was hilarious. Um, who knew that the Tiffany Sharpie would be a running theme in the show, but we always seem, seem to find our thing, right? I think it's a great thing. It is. It's fun. I mean, it's hilarious. Like it's because it's ridiculous in all the right ways, right? So it's perfect. So... One of the things that's been ridiculous in all the right-ish ways in the past has been the Star Wars pens. You know, the very expensive cross pens, which were kind of, wow, that's expensive. But this year, Schaefer came out with a grouping of more reasonably priced fountain pens. You know, entry-level type, they're $20, $22 or so, right in that range, and... You got a couple, and I got one. So what do you think about them? Yeah, so I'll just say, like, maybe for the first time ever in history, uh, Schaefer sent me these. <laughs> That's right. You told me about that. Yeah, like, Schaefer got in touch. Well, Cross got in touch, which, I mean, I don't know if they would have done it now. Cross just got bought, right, by some, like, yeah. investment bank or something? Yeah, like, two or three weeks ago. This will be a thing uh, once we figure out what's going on. Um, not that Cross has necessarily ever been a thing, at least in... in Basically, in our run as a show or my run as a blogger, they've never been, you know, on the cutting edge of cool things and stationery. Um, who knows what's going to happen? It could go in either direction. Yeah, that it's like some some bank or something like a some firm. I don't, I don't really know. Yes. So I wonder if it's just going to be like a turnaround firm or a shut it down and extract the value firm. Like, yeah. who knows? Who knows? But like, Cross owns Schaefer. Um, and, you know, obviously they have a deal with Disney, right? Because this is now right. the second year that they've had some kind of Star Wars stationary. But right. this year they made a good decision and, and made some pens for Schaefer, which they can do at different price points. I mean, we spoke about them weeks ago when we saw them for the first time, they sent me uh, the other two, R2-D2 and Yoda. And yeah, and I have Darth Vader. So yeah, you we have, have Darth. The, we have the whole the set. of them. Mm-hmm. I love these pens, man. Like I do too. They're fantastic. Like, What kind of price range are they? They sit in what, like 20, 20, $20 mm-hmm. price range? Like, mm-hmm. This is exactly what I would want performance-wise from a $20 pen. Mm-hmm. And they are designed so fantastically. Like I love these designs. These are great gifts for sure. Like for the holiday season for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that 
I'm I'm chuffed with it. Like I've been I've actually yeah. been using the R2D2 one a, a bit. And I'll say like the nibs are fine. Um I know I noted in your review about like you had some problems like you thinking it's the pens were a little bit wet. Um I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that I've necessarily felt that, but I can, I think I can understand where you're coming from. Like there that lays down a thick line for sure. Right. And I, I think you're a bit more sensitive to that than I am. Yes. Um yeah. Like I'm not saying it's a bad thing, I'm saying it's a thing and wow, it's a gusher. So yeah, it's almost like a, a broad in a medium body at points. Um, yeah, and I noted as well as you did. I mean, I didn't even notice as a thing. But what the frick are these refills? So even I tried to stick in the refill cartridge on the wrong end the first shot. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, because it looks like the Lamy one, right? The Lamy yep. one looks like that. It has the kind of the weird stub at the end. It's a poor design and it's proprietary, so I don't even have a converter I could switch out to. This is the only ink cartridge it came with, so I didn't want to clean it out and put in another ink yet until I use this one. It's it's just an annoyance. you know. I'll have to get some Schaefer cartridges or get a Schaefer converter to try some different inks in it because like you, I think the pen itself is amazing and the nib is like rock solid smooth. Like it feels wonderful to write with. I just don't like the ink because of the way the ink flows it's like a really really wet ink um, that just kind of dumps out of the pen and i don't think it's necessarily the nib or the feeds issue i think when it's just like a feels like a heavy water-based ink so when it hits the page it just just runs it just goes so i'll have to try some different ink and like my son tyler said he said it should be the vader pen it should be a red ink anyway and i said yeah you're right so schaefer's got a good red so i'll probably get some red ink cartridges yeah but they're their cartridge system is a little bit wonky, and if you've never used a fountain pen before, you'll probably do the same thing that experienced fountain pen users like myself did and try to jam that thing in wrong, and it just doesn't work. And I was like, oh, I guess it goes this way. So that was like a kind of like a failed experience, right? Mm-hmm. So, But overall, the pen is absolutely killer. I actually love the feel of the plastic build, like the way the cap snaps on and off. Um, the way it posts is very nice. The clip is nice. Like everything about the pen is nice. The graphics are like really clean and well defined. And you have little different, you know, logos here and there. You know, it's definitely Star Wars up, but not in a gaudy way. Like, you know, I, I just think they're cool. They did a really good job. Yeah, I agree. Like I'm I was I think surprised at how much I liked the pen. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that it might just be like just a cool thing to have and just put in my drawer and just keep as like a fun little thing that yeah. I own. But I'm actually exactly. going to keep this around on the desk for a while. I think. I'm yeah, very, mine I'm very is, happy with it. Mine is still uh, top of the desk material, which that's the winning spot. That's where you want to be at my, in my home <laughs> because it's fun to just pick up and play with. And yep. you know, I get to break out the little. Uh, Star Wars figures, you know, for pictures and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, real good, real good pen. Pick one up. If you see one, pick one up. Hard segue. You ready? Yep. (laughs) You sound so ready. All right. So, Field Notes released an Abercrombie & Fitch edition that has caused quite a stir in our neck of the woods, and Mm -hmm. rightfully so. So, I want to go through my... I don't even know what the word is my thoughts of this I'm actually going to say, but I want to go through like my process of how I saw this. So I guess two days ago I'm scrolling through my Twitter feed field notes post. Hey, here's these pictures of these 
books we did for Abercrombie and Fitch. And I scrolled and I was like, oh, wow, those look really nice. And yep. I kept scrolling. Like, okay. that was it. I was done right there. I didn't give him another thought because I don't do the field notes chase thing anymore, right? I don't buy all the editions. I don't need any more notebooks. I thought, wow, these look cool and kept scrolling. Then like a day later, I get an STP, STPA from a great friend, Michelle. And she says, hey, what do you think about the field notes at Abercrombie edition being segregated into gender? And I was like, what? I was like, I totally missed that. Like, I saw a floral print and I saw like a fishing print. Yeah. And, I uh, saw a boring but, fishing print and a floral mm-hmm. print that I immediately tried to buy but couldn't because I'm not in the United States of America. <laughs> that that was that was my how I came across these two. I saw the two things, yeah. I clicked the link, and the page was just blank for me. Like when I clicked the yeah. link, it just says sold uh, out. This item is no longer available. But even if they're in stock, it says that because you can't, like Abercrombie have said, like their Abercrombie help Twitter account has been saying that you can't buy them if you're not in, if you're outside the US. Mm, okay. So there's another, another one on the list, Mike. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I like stared at the black floor print. I was like, man, that is cool. But then I just moved on. So then Michelle brought it to my attention. If you go to their website, actually in the US, you go and I clicked over and I'm like, oh, really? So the, Fishing one, which Field Notes calls Heritage, is listed as a men's notebook. And they're not even like on the same page. There's no like notebooks. There's no accessories. There's just like men's notebook. And you can't even like link over to the floral print. Mm-hmm. You have to like go hunt down in the women's section and find women's notebook floral print. And this is just dumb. Like I hate everything about it. There's no reason for this to have happened. You know, we rail and joke like big for her is the classic joke is like why are you doing this just stationary does not be need to be gendered any which way we've been through this. so yeah so you know i got to thinking about it and started having some conversations on twitter and i was the hard thing about twitter conversations is they get so broken up and plus like i'm doing it like train of thought wise i was like okay well i see this and i see field notes called them heritage and floral did they have anything to do with Abercrombie saying this is a men's notebook and this is a women's notebook? And I was thinking, no, you know, they probably don't. But as you know, my friends in Twitter feed was like, well, you can't not know that when you're going into this conversation with Abercrombie, who's asking you to make a masculine and a feminine notebook. You have to understand from a branding perspective that this is what they're going to do. And are you, are you okay with that as a company? So the bigger issue, so I'm I'm going to jump off that real quick. It turns out the things that I don't know is that Abercrombie has done some really crappy things in their past. Like, I don't know anything about this, but people enlightened me. Um, so they've done, you know, sexist, sizist, you know, all kinds of things. Like I was getting texts and tweets with the words hate and evil about Abercrombie as a company. Like people are really upset with Abercrombie in a big picture kind of way. So they're like, well, why does this brand that I love want to go to this company that I hate? Those are the questions we can't answer. You know, we're not in field notes boardroom, but as a company, they also have to realize, Hey, these questions might come up if we work with this brand. And is that something we want to associate with? I mean, their answer was, yeah, but 
I, I mean, I don't know. It's a weird thing. I don't like it. I don't like it from field notes, um, from their perspective. I don't like the fact that Abercrombie gendered notebooks. Um, I don't like the fact that a lot of people like despise Abercrombie for the awful things that they've done in their past. I don't know what their current situation is. I don't even know what all the awful things are in the past. And so now you have this dilemma. You know, here's a brand I love in Field Notes, working with a brand that I don't know a lot about, but has done some bad things and affected a lot of people in a negative way. So that's the other thing, right? You just can't look at it. I can't look at it from just my perspective, right? My perspective's mine, and how it affects me is different from how it affects someone else. And you have to accept that and validate those thoughts as well, right? I can't just say, well, here's what I think and that's what it is, right? Because I'm coming from the most privileged position on the planet as a white male, right? Well, I'm not a female who is getting, you know, size shamed by a company, right? So you would have a different perspective on on that. And it seems to me just like a miss from Fieldnote's perspective as kind of they went in with blinders on as we're going to do this American heritage thing, right? Because that's what Field Notes does really, really well. And Abercrombie used to be this great American heritage brand, you know, 100 years ago. And I think it may, I mean, I don't know. We're all assuming. I think it maybe put blinders on to what the outcome might be in this situation. So I've rambled enough. I've got more, more to say but uh do you want to do you want to add anything um i do this is a very tricky uh thing to talk about like in a way Mm -hmm. that i haven't had problems talking about previous stuff like this like what was the one that we were talking about recently who was it that made that pen that drove me insane mont blanc made a pen for ladies i forget for ladies right the pen for ladies which Mm -hmm. i loved and then would never buy because right. they they labeled it as the pen for ladies, and the reason that like I have no problem with that because like to me Mont Blanc is just this big soulless corporation, so I like mm-hmm. I can just be completely unabashed in my feelings. The problem I have right, and like I'm just gonna say this like the people at Field Notes are my friends, mm-hmm. and my belief about them is that they are good people with good intentions because and sure. I believe this because they are my friends. So mm-hmm. it's tricky for me to like to just be like, oh, these people they just did wrong because they're dumb, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, so like, I just want to like just say that because I mean, I have my my opinion. I'm going to go into it, into my feelings about this a little bit more, but I feel like I'm not. I I am not probably just going to sit here and be like, oh, they're a bunch of idiots and they made a dumb just they made a dumb thing and they're just stupid and nobody should ever sure. give them any money because. I like to believe that there are a bunch of good people that wouldn't do something which is intended to upset people. Right. right like in right. my opinion. They, so, you know. Yes, I have more to say about that, but you go on. So the the thing is that the, I so there's a couple of things, right? Me and you didn't know any of the stuff about Abercrombie and Fitch, right? Mm-hmm. No clue. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. If you go into business of a company, 
Do you look into their entire history? Uh, I look into their general history, yes. I mean, how... I, pro- I, I might have come up with, hey, they did some weird stuff. Because I, I still don't know any of this Abercrombie stuff. Like, I don't really know anything about it, more than what you've just told me. Like, how recent yeah, is either. this stuff? Like, is this, like... I don't know. I'm yeah. guessing 90s, early 2000s. Okay. Because like, I would just say, I could, again, I don't know the answers to these questions, but I just want to put them out there, right? Has there been a significant leadership change in Abercrombie and Fitch? I don't know. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I don't know the answers to these questions. I'm not trying to make excuses for anyone. But, like, I'm just trying to say, like, how could you go into this? Right? Like, I mean, I, I'm sure that they have, I mean, I believe everything, right? Because they're not the only clothing brand to do stuff like this. Like, I think of, like, American Apparel, who do all this sort of stuff. I mean, they're dead now, rightly so, because they were a disgusting company as well, doing terrible things. So, I mean, so I don't know how much they looked into this. I don't know what the outcome of that is. I mean, you know, I don't know. But about the notebooks themselves, I can see how you could walk into this thinking that you're making a product to fit in with a male and female fashion line for a male and female fashion company. Mm -hmm. And I think that that would be mostly okay, right? Like if Abercrombie said to them, we want you to make a notebook for our male and female fashion lines that we're doing this year. I can see how you would do that. The mm-hmm. problem is when they are labeled so specifically, right? Like, if the way that I look at this, if they had the men's line and the women's line, and each of those lines had a notebook in them, one of them was called Floral Prince and one of them was called Heritage, I think I would be okay with that. My problem mm-hmm. is it says men's and women's. <laughs> That's what I don't like. Yeah. Having them right. in the respective fashion lines, I think I'm kind of fine about that. Mm-hmm. But it is the fact that they are so explicitly labeled that is a problem for me because fashion, which in Abercrombie and Fitch is fashion, fashion has these typical trends that appeal typically to men and women. Typically, right? That, like, if you're looking at things going into the past, right, like you, you might find that women will be more likely to wear a floral print. Now, again, I have lots of floral print personally. But like I'm just looking at what is the traditional things in fashion. And this is I think there is meant to be something in this line which is meant to be harkening back to their history or something, right? So you know, whatever. So I can see how you would maybe walk into this and be like, oh, we're making this like traditionally men's, traditionally women's, blah, blah, blah. The problem is the fact that they are labeled as men and women. That's what I don't like. Yeah. I think that's what most people don't like here. Um I don't know if and when anybody knew about this. I do feel like if Field Notes knew that they were doing this, they have screwed up because I think that's a dumb thing to do. But I think that every company is allowed to screw up from time to time, but it's how they deal with it going forward, which is the most important thing. Like You can miss something. You can make a bad decision. You can do mm-hmm. something that you think is kind of fine, right? Like A lot of people, times you get blinders on. Right, so like you're doing something and you think that it's great, and you kind of get lost in it and don't necessarily know how people are going to react to it. Like I know I've been that way, right? I think you've been that sure. way. Everyone gets that way, sure. About things that they're doing in their companies, because you're like, this is so awesome. Like I think of someone like Dropbox. You know, they just did their big redesign recently, which is just a dumb mm-hmm. redesign. But like they had their mm-hmm. blinders on about how great their redesign was, and then when they put it out to the world, mm-hmm. and everybody hates it. 
So yeah. I think from the way that I look at it is like, I think everyone screws up from time to time. I guess we'll see if and how they deal with this going forward. Like if this is the thing that keeps popping up, that's a whole different situation. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I don't feel like we've had to have this conversation about them before. Yeah. So yeah. I, look, again, I'm sure that I have said things in the last five minutes, which people are going to feel differently about, right? Like I think that this is a real hot button issue. I don't really know how to address that. Um, right, right. But yeah. Yeah, and I tried to on Twitter last night, and that's a hard place to do it too because mm-hmm. everything gets like mixed up and every little micro word gets twisted into something else sometimes. So, you know, I think I just wanted to leave it as they have 10 years of great decisions behind them. People are going to make mistakes. I'm willing to let this one go. Like Andy said, Andy Welfley, who was in our Twitter conversation last night, he said, well, Brad, you treat um, the company, um, you know, as well, you treat the business decisions as part of the company, you know, just like you did with Baron Fig. And, you know, you have to treat field notes, you know, by who the, the company as a whole and who they decide to work with. And I said, you're absolutely right. And I said, I gave Baron Fig two years of the benefit of the doubt before I could no longer work with them anymore. And I'm willing to do the same thing with field notes. It's a one. This is the first time I've seen anything like this. They've got 10 years of track record. That's pretty good. So um, there's any talk of boycott or limiting them, I think is uncalled for, for a one-time event, but it depends on their actions going forward. And your personal preferences. Sure. Like, I think the bigger issue is that they worked with Abercrombie, period. Like, that's what the what I'm gathering from people is, like, that's the hugest turnoff. The mistake that launched it even further into the stratosphere was the segregation of the notebooks, which is terrible. Like, I don't agree with that in anything. But combining that with the history and the effect that Abercrombie has had on a lot of people... Um, I think just send it over to the top. So we'll see what happens from here. You know, I'm willing to just like any other company that I work with to try to understand their decision. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And if things play out differently in the future, my opinion is subject to change. So, so what they should have done, Mike, as we armchair quarterback is had a three pack of a floral, a fishing and a black and then we'd all be rushing to go buy the notebooks. But they yeah, didn't. They didn't. <laughs> that would have been super cool. That would have been the super heritage pack. Yeah. But fact is, they did what they did. And, you know, we'll see what happens from here. But uh, I'm willing to try to learn more about why they did it. Learn why people are upset, you know, about it. And rightfully so. And, you know, elevate their thoughts as you know legitimate and concerning and be empathetic to all kinds of points of views that aren't mine so it's a weird situation yeah a lot of people want to chime in and say it's just stationary it's just a notebook and i just think that's dismissive even though it's not on the scale of you know what's going on in the political world and things like that in your real life we do have 
companies and brands that we love and respect and you always want them to do the right thing because you're supporting them with your dollars and they become part of you when you buy into them and you want those companies to represent you as a person well. Mm -hmm. So hopefully this is a learning experience and we'll see what comes out for it next, next time. So we'll see. All right, today's show is brought to you by a new sponsor that I'm very excited about, and they're called Love Pop. So the holiday season, it's upon us. We are in it. It is happening right now. There is nothing you can do about it, and it is that time of year that you want to do something nice for people that you care about. This is why you need to check out Love Pop. Love Pop's founders, John and Wombi, are ex-ship designers. They designed ships, but they decided to take a different course. Get it, Brad? A different Wait, course? like literal ships? Ships. That's what they did. They made ships. Oh, wow. But they took a different course and decided to shake up the greeting cards industry with charm and innovation. Love Pops are more than cards. They are unforgettable gifts that you send in an envelope. I couldn't agree more with this statement. This is something that they put in the, the copy to send me, but I 100% agree with it. Each one of these Love Pop cards are laser cut, hand assembled, and designed to surprise and delight. You probably have at least one friend or family member who lives the other side of the country, maybe the other side of the world. Love Pops creates a moment of connection between you and the people you care about, no matter where they are. Love Pops sent, send me... um three of their holiday cards and I was blown away by these things. So I urge you to go to their website. Go to lovepop.com slash penaddict right now. We've all seen pop-up books and pop-up cards. You know, like part of my childhood, big pop-up books, I love them. I have never seen pop-up cards as intricate as these. There is one, I mean, so yeah, that, I'll come back to the holiday stuff in a moment, but like there is one of their, and we look, me and Brad were looking at these before the show began. They do a card for anniversaries, which you open it and there's a ring box and you can then open the top of the box to find a ring inside. This is in a greetings card. Like these are absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. So like they sent me a bunch of the holiday ones and I am keeping them to give to my mum and my nan for Christmas because they're going to blow them away, right? These are going to be my holiday cards this year to give to the people that really... Like, so cards in my family are a huge thing. Like, mm. it's a big thing. Like, my mum has always been... She always wants a nice card for, like, Christmas and her birthday and Mother's Day and that kind of stuff. I have one company I am buying these cards from in the future, and that is Love Pop. Like, I am absolutely blown away by the quality and surprise of these products. They are I, unbelievable. I was in Las Vegas, and I went into a store in Las Vegas, and they were in there. I was like, oh, I know you. <laughs> so, look, think of someone right now whose day would be brightened by opening a Love Pop from you. Then go to lovepop.com, that's L-O-V-E-P-O-P.com slash penaddict to get special pricing if you buy five or more cards and free shipping on any order. So share the joy of the holidays of your friends and family this year with Love Pop. There's lovepop.com slash penaddict for that special pricing of free shipping. Look, you're already thinking of someone who you know wants one of these. So go now and pick out the card that they will love the most. And I'd like to thank Love Pop for their support of this show. Seriously, go to lovepop.com slash penaddict and make someone's day. So the behind baseball thing, behind the scenes podcasting, Mike brought this up to me. He's like, hey, we got a new sponsor. And 
I think they're amazing and you should go look at this before. And I was like, okay, you know, love pop. What is it? And I opened the link and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> these are so cool. So I have an anniversary coming up next week. I'll be married. Well, actually in two weeks, I'll be married for uh, 20 years, Mike. Wow. So, uh, this is, again, I, uh, I, this happens to me every now and then when I forget how old Brad is. Like, yeah. to me, you're just my age. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That surprises I, I act me. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm an old, I'm an old dude. Um, I will not be buying the diamond ring pop up card <laughs> as I mentioned to you, but I'm fascinated by it. But I'm totally all in on this, um, on these. So yeah, I'll I will let you know what I order. Once they also I, uh, have. One out. Look, I'm sorry, we're going long on this, but this is so amazing. Like this is so. When they came to me, I was like, oh my god, you are so perfect for my show. Thank you so much. They have Beatles cards which are mm-hmm. wild. Like, they are so cool. And I, th- I think they have... Yeah, they have a bunch of, like... I mean, as well, like they have, like, LGBT cards as well, like, specifically, which I absolutely adore. Right? They have, yeah, like, the same-sex same cards, cards are awesome. For, for weddings and anniversaries. Like, they are just... This is just a, just a really amazing company with just yeah. some super awesome... They have, like... They have Game of Thrones ones. They have an Iron Throne pop-up card. Like yeah, so yeah. I'm going through this. I'm looking at the love toaster. I don't even know what that is, but it uh-huh. sounds pretty cool. So I might have to go with the love toaster. Everyone needs <laughs> a love toaster in their life, Brad. All right, so love pop. Thank you for sponsoring us at the Penatic Podcast, and I will definitely be checking out as soon as we get done. So we're not done with field notes yet, Mike. I want to talk real quick about the resolution edition. Did you get them yet? Mm-hmm. And I don't like them. Yeah. I, okay, good. <laughs> I love the covers. My gosh, do I love the covers. They're yeah. beautiful. Oh, no, the covers are great. Do they smell strong to you? Mine smell strong, but maybe that's oh, just yeah, they they're fresh out the package. Yeah, they, they are, sh- but only when I put them right up to my face. I would sniff too much. Oh, my. Yeah, no, but I, I really love the covers, um, but I broke them open, and I realized I'm never going to use these, but I'm giving them to yep. Adina, and she's over the moon about them because they're the type of yeah. things that she wants, but this just isn't what... I, I I think I want in yeah. So days. my initial thoughts were proven pretty accurate. I was concerned about the paper. Every other line is like white, gray, white, gray. It's very faint. You have to turn it at the right angle. But each that means each line handles the ink differently. Either the paper itself, but I think more likely the coating or the print of it. Mm-hmm. So if you have so I did like my little ink test and I use the same pen on both lines and on the white base, the white background lines, the ink doesn't soak into the page as much than on the gray lines. It does. So it's like the same pen, the same ink, and it looks it's completely different. Every other line or every, yeah, every other line. So it's just weird. I, I don't like it. I have no use for it. I didn't even want to open these up to test it because I knew it would just be wasteful of opening these up because now I don't know what to do with them. I'll give them to my kids. They'll use them. Um, it's okay with gel pens. The Schmidt P8127 refill, like it's two different colors. Every line, like the white line, it's it's one color. And then the next line, it's a different color. It's like super dark and rich on one line, then dry on the next line. And it alternates, alternates over and over and over again. So like ballpoint's fine. Pencil's fine. Gel wasn't bad. They feel a little bit weird, but... I mean, they look good. I just don't have much use for them. Black staples are nice. Staple day in the middle looks cool, but I mean, I wish I wouldn't have opened them up. I'm not going to use them. So not going to go down 
in the annals of my top 30 at least editions so yeah did you get the anniversary edition oh yeah i did i did i didn't bring that in here to talk about but yeah i thought that was cool yeah i like the story behind the brand you know if you've been around the brand you know for a long time and you know their backstory and how like the first notebooks came about this is a really cool story to tell about how the notebooks come about. So I like them. I probably won't open those. I don't know if I'm going to use them or not. If I get around to it, I probably will. But I have other ones I want to use before that. I do like those, though. I thought it was Yeah, neat, I don't think uh, I'm going to use them, but edition. I have opened them so I could look at them. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're three individual books, um, and they represent three important parts in the company's early history. So mm-hmm. one of the books is, um, is, they're all reproductions. So the first one is from 2002, which is a reproduction of Aaron Draplin's first use of the name and logo. So it's mm-hmm. just the logo on a book. Then mm-hmm. there was one from 2005, which is Aaron's first handmade field notes. And then one from 2007, which represents their first tiny test run. And they're all different in their own ways. And they've all got these funny little things about them. One of them just says DDC field notes on it. doesn't have the regular logo. Right? I think those are like the handmade ones. Mm-hmm. And it's just blank paper on the inside. And then like the one where they first used a logo, it's got a grid, but it's like a really heavy blue grid on the inside. And then like mm-hmm. the first, first run, it has like the number blank of blank on the front of them. And you open it up and there's a gray grid and there's like a white line at the top and it says field notes on every single page. So it, oh, cool. it's yeah, really fun to look at them to like, to see what's inside. Um, because yeah it's very they're they're very very different to to how we know them now right like the red one for example which was the handmade one like which is about the ddc field notes uh there is nothing on the inside of them like nothing on the inside covers or anything like that like yeah they are very very different to to what we know of them to be now and uh, i really like it a lot yeah, I didn't know that was uh, one of the archive ones. I was I'm familiar with the original craft paper cover one, but uh, I thought it was cool to see. So I really like that. But uh, as a fan of the brand, at least for now, Mike. Oh please, um, I can't. Keep uh, doing that. <laughs> I know you love it. All right, so so let me get, we'll we'll get back into my wheelhouse here, Mike. And we had some follow up on the inspiration versus knockoff episode and ripoff or whatever we called it uh, two weeks ago. Killer feedback on that episode. And when I say that, some of it was very positive, some of it was negative. And that's cool. Like, I want to hear alternate views on things that we talk about. Like, that's the only way we learn. That's the only way we get better. Um, you know, that goes for everything. So, we um, the feedback was great. I, I even heard from people involved in the episodes on several times and even had a phone call with one. I'll leave all of that, you know, that's... <laughs> behind the scenes but that's the kind of feedback we got from that episode Mm -hmm. and it was it was all good so come around thanksgiving and as you do on thanksgiving day you try to ignore as much of your family as possible so i was on twitter a good bit of the morning um while the kids were running around the house we have thanksgiving at my house but uh twitter was my escape for that day and our friend Vito at story supply dropped his notebook on thanksgiving I'm not sure why he chose to do that, but he did. So uh, this is the notebook, Mike, that we saw in DC. I think that, um, you know, he ha- he was toying around with making his own notebook. And he finished up the design and released it on Thanksgiving. I said, Insta buy and retweeted. And like immediately I got two tweets say, 
hey, you know how you talked about that inspiration versus knockoff stuff? This looks exactly like a Baron Fig confidant. So I want to read my response that I actually used twice because I just I wrote it once and then I quoted it to the second person that asked me. So the question essentially, and there's no problem with this question at all. He was like apologizing for being rude or being sarcastic. I was like, no, this is a good question. He says that it looks exactly like a Baron Fig confidant to me. So what makes this inspiration over ripoff? My reply to these questions was, I don't think it's either. It's a notebook with a gray cover and a yellow bookmark. Who owns that? I don't know what else to say about it. It could not be the furthest thing from an inspiration, a ripoff. He chose to use gray cover and yellow ribbon for his notebook. I mean, Baron Fig doesn't own any colorway. Moleskin doesn't own the black cover. Rody doesn't blue. own the orange cover. The cover's blue okay. anyway. Okay. So whatever. It looks like in the pictures. Okay, it's a gray cover with a yellow ribbon. Who cares? Like, it's a really good notebook made by hand in the U.S. Like, these are not the tweets. These are not the discussions we need to have. Like, I'm good with the discussions on Abercrombie and Fitch, you know, being a bad corporate customer and segregating their stationary products. I'm not good with everything looks like everything else all the time, especially for something as basic as a notebook. So Moleskine anyway. Yeah. I mean, and it's not even that. And Moleskine's fake. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all built off marketing, right? I mean, no one knows the dude's first notebook. They're just making up a story, this mm-hmm. other story. So, I mean, it's a notebook with a cover and a bookmark. Like, that's kind of conversation is weird to me. Like, no one owns the color of a notebook. Notebooks are easy to produce. Anyone can make a color that they want to make that they think looks cool. You know, Vito's doing something different with his you know, with the different types of stitching. It's a thicker notebook. It's made in the USA. You know, it looks great. It doesn't have anything to do with what a Baron Fig Confidant looks like. So that's my rant on that. (laughs) My rant is, that's not a rant. It's like, it's a non-issue. So what I was going to say, I was going to finish up that tweet is like, my real issue is what Best Self Co. did to Baron Fig. That's an issue. If you want to talk about issues. And that goes more, that goes deeper than what the color of a notebook and a ribbon is. So there you have it. Let's round out today's show with some RSTPA. Before we do that, let me thank Squarespace for supporting this week's episode. Enter the offer code INC at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move for Squarespace to let you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain name, award-winning templates, and more. They have everything that you need to put your next idea online. Whether you want to make a blog, portfolio, an online store, just about any type of website, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that will let you do it. There's nothing to worry about. You don't have to install anything. You don't have to pay patch anything or worry about security upgrades squarespace just take care of all of that stuff for you and if you need any help with anything they have an award-winning 24 7 customer support team right there ready to help you out you can sign up for a free trial today to see if squarespace is right for you and as a customer of many years i am confident to say that i think that they will be right for you and their plans start at just 12 dollars a month and you can get 10 percent off your first purchase when you use the offer code inc at checkout that's i-n-k and you'll also be showing your support for the pen addict podcast as well i'd like to thank squarespace for their continued support of this show squarespace make your next move make your next website
All right, so I know we're going extremely long, but I'm going to give a Squarespace uh, plug here, if you don't mind. I would love so that. So open up the uh, – and, and it's it's how they handle problems, right? Like, not everything is all rainbows and unicorns, Michael. So our good friends at Squarespace, who I've been a customer of for years, I go to add in some new products on Knock. Oh, excuse me, on the Pen Addict, and make sure I have the – discounts right for members and things like that and on one of the shop fields like i could edit a tag on some of my products and save it successfully and on some of them i couldn't so the cool thing about squarespace is the live chat is actually fielded by human beings (laughs) so i opened it was frustrating me i was like well this is not a me problem i've tried all the browsers i've done you know all the normal troubleshooting that you would do Open up a live chat, said, hey, here's my problem. Here's a screenshot of it. Here's what's happening. She she looked and looked. She said, well, let me try. Okay, yeah, I can verify it. And then she basically went into like their bug reporting system and she found a match. Like, hey, this is an issue. And it's not fixed yet. And here's how you can work around it till we do the real fix. And, you know, that might take a little while because that's an engineering whatever. But, yes, we know it's a problem. Here's how to get around it. And then the fix is coming. Like, I'm happy with that, right? Not everything can be bug fitch, fixed and patched and pushed on a daily basis, unless you're Apple and need to fix a root login problem. That should probably be pushed today, I hope. But, you know, everything else you need to, um, you know, it, it's, I was able to talk to someone. I was able to get validation. They were able to look it up in their bug reports. They knew it was an issue. They told me how to fix it. And then it's planned for future fix. So that's why I like Squarespace. The end. Love it. <laughs> all right. We have time for all this. You want me to cut this short? You do as much as you want, buddy. I'm here for you for as long as you need. You, know. you hear from me. Mm-hmm. Well, I really want to cover this big one because number one, it's from Tony at Everyday Commentary who writes to me like I don't even know him. <laughs> He's funny. He's like, just, hey, I'm this random guy asking you this question. He's not like, hey, Brad, it's Tony. Just want to see what's going on. Hey, I've got this real question. He's like, dear Brad and Mike, I am a trial lawyer. I take notes extensively. I've done this long enough that at this point I can get very close to real tri- transcribing. Who is this With person? A- that's what I want to know. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how Tony started. He just goes right into it. He's not like, oh, how's the family? You know, whatever. You know, I've only been on his podcast a couple times. You know, we talk all the time, but whatever. He just gets right into it. <laughs> Got to like that about Tony. So anyway, I won't go into this entire email because it's very long. But he has the problem that I think a lot of people are trying to solve. And I wanted to bring this up because I don't have a great answer because it involves testing lots of very expensive equipment. So just to give you an example of his requirements as a trial lawyer and as someone who's taking depositions all the time, He says he takes a lot of notes. A 90-minute deposition last weekend generated 27 pages of notes with only one illustration. So he wants a way to handwrite and then scan in, right? He needs it digital. So he wanted to know about the Remarkable um, platform, which we've gotten linked to a bunch. It's called the Paper Tablet. And, you know, he's, he's dismissing the Apple Pencil and iPad for good reasons. He just doesn't like the feel. Um, what is that? Do you I've do you a, know what that means? Like when he says he doesn't like the feel, 
I think the the tapping on glass type of feel for writing. Yeah, I don't know if anything's going to be much better than that. Like honestly, well, like any screen, any plastic tip on a screen is going to feel pretty similar. Yeah, well, that's where we're going to get to on the second part of this. So the right. remarkable is kind of like the Apple situation, right? It's a screen with an input device, say Apple Pencil type of thing. I don't have any experience with it, so I wanted to bring this up in case anyone did, and they could let me know what they think about it. So the second part of it is, well, how about the LightScribe system? And I think it's, is it LiveScribe or LightScribe? But anyway, that's the pin recognition where you actually use a real pen on real paper and it translates into digital. So we've seen in action the Moleskine work extremely well for that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the Moleskine digital products work extremely well for that. I've seen it in action. I've used it. It's legit good. And then I just saw related to this that I don't know what Tony's digital setup is, but Microsoft office or windows 10 whatever the the platform is starting to work natively with these moleskine smart writing tools so that could be a real option for someone who's doing this and the reason i bring this up without having answers is because i want to know from the listeners what experiences they've had with these types of systems for someone who needs to take 30 pages of notes a day handwritten and then scan them in digitally without having to scan them what are you doing? Do you have something that works? Do you use the Moleskine smart writing system? Have you tried a remarkable tablet? What kind of things are you doing to help solve Tony's problems? Because Tony's an avowed handwriter. Like, he loves writing by hand. Everything's by hand. But it's a lot. And I've talked to him for years about this. And... um yeah, so I would just like to know more information for myself because I think this is a really, really good question. And it comes up a lot. And there's no go, there's never been a really good go-to answer, but I think Moleskine's the closest. I really want to try one of these remarkable tablets, but not mm-hmm. to the tune of 579 pounds. Right. Like, I really want to try one of these because it's one of these things that people ask me about all the time i feel like at least once a week maybe for the last six months i have had somebody ask me or send me this link in some way Mm -hmm. i really want to try it i don't want to pay 579 pounds to do that um yeah i didn't even realize it was that much it's incredibly expensive it's Mm. it's, you're looking at ipad money right like yeah yeah I mean, it's and not an iPad Pro, but, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it's five hundred seventy-nine pounds. I mean, yes, I could buy it and return it, but I hate returning things. I, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'll, maybe I'll try it. I don't know. Maybe I'll try it. But I, I would. I'm saying this because if somebody out there in the world has the ability to send me one of these, I would love that. Is what you know, is what I'm what I'm getting at. You know, if you know someone, or maybe you are there. Right, please send me mm-hmm. one to review it, and we'll talk about it on the show. Um, outside of that, I don't, you know, I don't really know what to do. Yeah. Yep. So this will be a good uh, feedback question for you know us what? and for I'm going to email them. <laughs> okay. You do that. Mm-hmm. Email Moleskine while you're at it. Well, I, you know, I just figure if I want them to send me one, maybe the best way mm-hmm. to do that is to just ask them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, fair enough. 
All right, so let's. We got a few more that are pretty quick, and uh, I have thoughts. So at ATC seven two nine, am I the only one that thinks the Shimmer ink is overplayed? What are your thoughts? You are definitely not the only one. I just don't too much. I don't enjoy it. Like I understand why Shimmer ink is popular because of how you use your pens and inks, and not everyone uses them the same. I'm someone who does not have a writing situation to where those types of inks would be the right choice. Are they overplayed? I don't, I mean, who's to say, right? I mean, it's the new, it's the hot new thing for the past, what, year, maybe two years, and it'll die off. I mean, because it's it's never going to be anyone's staple ink, so the the cream will rise to the top, they'll stay, and then everyone else will just carry on about making whatever other good inks they make. So I don't think it's overplayed. I just, it's very specific use case based. So that's kind of it. Tsunami Sue wants to know, besides orange fountain pens, I love demonstrators like Frank and Kristoff's. Using them as an eyedropper, they seem to stain ideas for cleaning. I have a lot of experience with this. I eyedropper a lot of my pens and a lot of those are Franklin Kristoff's. I have a little tougher time cleaning out the ones with like the, um, that aren't smooth on the inside that are, you know, kind of brushed, if you will. You know, the ink tends to stay in there a little bit more. The JB's pen flush looks good. Just soaking them in water works good for me. Um, you know, be sure you're using a reasonable ink, but I, I have no problem using iron gall inks in them. And I just, you clean them out, you know, every few weeks instead of every few months, you know, it's kind of goes along with the the whole pen hygiene thing. But if you get some JB's pen flush, but I'd start with water first, honestly, let them sit overnight in water, rinse them out the next day, and you'll notice most of it's gone. And the thing that I always keep in mind with a demonstrator is I'm going to fill them up with another ink and you're never going to see those stains. So it doesn't have to be perfect mm-hmm. unless you're having like a show model of your pen on a light box on the wall and you want it to be crystal clear. You're going to put another ink in there and you'll never see it again. So I don't have a problem with a little bit of staining. I obviously don't want it to ruin the aesthetic and look of the pen. But if you can't get every little dot of ink out when you clean it, you're just fine. Because the next thing's going to come in and you'll never see it again. So... Last one from my good friend Bump. I want a new, different nib for my brand new Canalea pen, but I have never replaced a nib before. Where should I start? So first, you, with the Canaleas, you got to know what they are, what nibs they are, and who makes those nibs, and where you can find replacement nibs. And they're number six Jovo nibs, I believe. That's correct. And as someone who owns several Edison pens who also uses Jovo nibs, I am able to take my favorite Yovo nib, unscrew the nib unit from the feed collar, and screw it right into the Canalea pen. So honestly, if you're okay with an Edison brand on there, but you can get generic Yovo nibs from lots of different places, um, like Goulet Pen sells loose nibs. And that is J-O-W-O. Yes. So what I've done is grab that number six nib, I have a gold Franklin Crystal, excuse me, gold Edison nib that I bought once and had modified by Deb Kinney into a fine cursive italic. It's one of my all-time favorite nibs, and I can just 
move it from pen to pen as I like between my Edison's and my Canaleas. Um, the Franklin Christophs will work well, you know, will work as well. So like I kind of move nibs between all those, just like a few nibs and just move them from pen to pen to pen. So where I would start is trying something. If It depends on what you want. If you want a basic nib, you can just go to Goulet Pens, buy another steel nib for $15 and put it in. And heck, you know, I'll I'll come put it in for you. I see you enough <laughs> at the shop. So I'll put it in for you. It's real easy to do. But if you want something more than that, like a gold nib or some kind of grind on it, look at Edison, look at uh, Franklin Christoph number six nibs, and they should slot right in just fine. Yeah, I've done. And that's a wrap. Mike. Yeah, I've done a few few of these, and it works. It works fine. It's not as tricky as once you once you know what nibs you need. It's actually tends to be a pretty easy process mostly. Mm-hmm. And or there are also guides and videos and everything. Right, you just spend a couple of minutes googling, and once you found the nib, and you'll find somebody who's made a YouTube video as to how you remove that specific nib from the pen. Right, like there's going to be it's, one. It's shockingly easy. Yeah. It's definitely not something to be intimidated about. But I was terrified. Oh, I'll never forget the first time I learned that a Kaveco nib unit just unscrews. My mind Mm -hmm. was blown. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Be prepared to change the nib by by unscrewing it. So, yeah. So, that's it. Good episode today, Mike. Long episode. That's what happens when we don't talk for two weeks, and we probably left a lot of things out. So, if you uh, have questions, comments, you can uh, always reach out. How can they do that, Mike? You can tweet with the hashtag AskTPA and we'll find them. Um, you can hit Brad up in the Pen Addict Slack. How can people get in Slack, Brad? Uh, just shoot me an email, hello at penaddict.com. Which is also where you can send, send email questions as well if you have a longer question. There's a couple of places yep. you can do that. Uh, we're both on Twitter. Um, I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Brad is at dowdyism. Um, he is penaddict on Instagram. I am imike on Instagram. Um, we'll be back next time. Thanks so much to our sponsors, Squarespace, Love Pop, and Harry's. Please go check them out. Um, it helps support the show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>